Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Please welcome Jade Miller, a Vice President of Capital Markets at the Bourne Financial Group. Bourne Financial Group is a real estate private equity company specializing in senior housing acquisitions and asset management. Welcome, Jade. Good morning, Doug. Thanks for having me. So let's just start with what is Born Financial Group? What is it and what do you do? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the Vice President of Capital Markets for Born Financial Group. We are a senior housing private equity firm. We simply put, we develop and acquire private pay senior housing across the United States. So with us, you're owning and operating real estate and again, assisted living, independent living and memory care facilities. Wow. Um, So as a young woman in the industry, why did you pick financial services? So that's a funny story. I actually went to Alabama, Roll Tide, for all of our Alabama fans out there. Uh, I was a cart girl at a golf course. And as you guys know, a lot of financial advisors come through golf courses. They had a uh, retirement seminar. And I had to, you know, pass along some waters. on. And they asked if anyone was interested in Alabama and being an intern. So I was interning for a financial advisor. And we had these wholesaler lunches that came in. So I sat through a ton of wholesaler lunches, and none of it made sense. I'm a 21-year-old girl, right? And then somebody came in talking about shopping centers. The light bulb went on because, again, 21-year-old girl, shopping centers, and they were talking about the value of building them and then selling them. And I thought, wow, tangible. this makes sense. And so that is how we got into real estate. And I really am a true believer in if you can't explain it to someone on the street, why would you invest in it? And I think that a tangible asset such as real estate and commercial real estate and developing, con- constructing, building is so tangible and it's easier to explain than, say, a mutual fund. So I really latched on to that asset class, which eventually led me into commercial real estate and private equity to senior housing. So where did you get your start? It wasn't at Bourne. Did you start someplace else? And Yeah, so I started at a company that does... Um, significantly larger funds, billion-dollar deals, and we invest in all spectrums of commercial real estate, including hotels, restaurants, senior housing, medical office building, true private equity debt funds. And I really liked the senior housing. I think that the demographic trends were there. And so my company actually co-founded the company I started with, and they split off in 2014 to start Born Financial Group. So... The pandemic really took a toll on seniors, senior housing. People weren't able to visit their their seniors and whatnot. So have we recovered from that? So it's a slower recovery. I would say, you know, the immediate impact 18 months ago in March was, was what does our capital stack look like? For senior housing, if you didn't have the capital, it's been a tough 18 months. Immediately, every facility shut down. We were in the news every every week, right? I don't know if you guys know Cuomo, but we were definitely in the news. We had properties up in the state of Washington, which was the first state to get hit. And so what that looked like was a total lockdown of why would you want to move in? We think about it as a house. If you were going to buy a house tomorrow, sight unseen, you can move in, but no one can come visit you. And then when they can come visit you, your mom is going to have to wave at you through the window. 
You're going to have to pass meals through the window. You have a pool and a basketball goal, but you can't use it. So why would you buy that house? So what we saw was a delay of people wanting to move in. They were scared. And so people kept their parents at home. So for the past year, so say March of 2020 to March of 2021, once the vaccine started rolling out, you didn't really move people in. We had to get vaccines, push through the community, get everyone comfortable to where we could start doing visitations, could start rolling out those amenities. Because the benefit of senior housing is the amenities. You're not moving into senior... When you, when you think senior housing, think um, Class A. These It's more of a hospitality-based industry. You want activities. You want the nail salon. You want the gym. You want the trivia that they do. Like It's all activity-based. It's not going to be this medical model that you used to see. It's somewhere that I would want to live. I mean, they have happy hour that starts at four. These are great places. So if you don't have that, the benefit is gone. And so people wanted to keep their parents at home with them and they were at home. So that worked. But after 12 months of living with your mom, people got a little bit tired. So how, how have we recovered? We've seen a huge increase in move-ins. The demand never stopped. People still got older. People are still, you know, unfortunately, memory care is start, memory loss is starting earlier. So people are still needing those needs-based services. It was just a comfort, comfortability. So we think we're going to, like, we are see, we've seen a huge recovery as far as move-ins and demand. Having looked in Ann Arbor, Michigan, go blue, not roll tide, um, for my mother, um, years ago, not so many years ago, but looking at all the facilities in Ann Arbor, there's a, there's a wide scale of what's available uh, for people. Um, what kind of facilities do you guys look at, look for to invest in um, for your clients? So um, we, again, we only do private pay. People ask us why. Uh, have you guys seen the government's budgets? They can't even get those out on time. So we don't rely on the government to pay us. Additionally, when you go through something like this, these downturns, we're, our residents aren't relying on jobs. They're not relying on Medicaid. They, they've sold their house. They've liquidated their 401k. So we don't, we're pretty recession resilient as far as that. If there is a downturn, you know, we have no issues with people paying rents, but levels of care, we like independent living, assisted living and memory care. We're normally going to have a community that does all. Sometimes we'll have one community that's just independent living or just memory care. What you're seeing with senior housing is you're seeing an aging in place it's easier to move someone into independent living. And then as you probably saw with your mom, you can add on services. You can add on maybe um, before she gets to true assisted living where there's more, sur- someone comes in more than one time to check on her or two times or you start doing that. And then once somebody is in a facility, if your mom all of a sudden needs to move into assisted living from memory care, you're not going to move her out and find a new facility. You're typically going to keep her there and they'll maybe move rooms to a more secure area. But that's what we look for. And again, we are going to look for those class A facilities that have, when you walk in, you want to hang out there. You're not, hey, mom, bye. (laughs) Right. So the pandemic is still here. People are still getting older. People are still losing their memory. So there's still, there's a huge need for these facilities. Yes. So the demand for the baby boomers, I don't, I'm sure everyone sees this every day. We have 10,000 people turning 65 every day. What we have seen is it's taking, um, Longer for people to be ready for these facilities. People aren't even moving into 55-plus communities. 55-year-olds are still traveling and doing everything they want. Uh, We're seeing people more 75 and up moving into our facilities. So we are about three years away from the peak of that demand starting where the true baby boomers are turning 75. So the need and coverage ratio, we would have to build, I want to say it's 30,000 units a year. 
and we're, we did, we hit a huge slowdown last year because no one was building or not as many. And so the demand for senior housing is not going away. And when you're looking at a facility, the due diligence has to be quite extensive. Yeah. So a couple things. We also, um, at Foreign Financial, we either build or acquire. So for us, when we're looking at a market, we're going to look at a market probably, Doug, similar to where you live. We're going to look at and say, where do we see high-income oldest daughter? Typically, the oldest daughter picks where mom lives, and we want them to be in a high income because that means they're going to want a nice facility, and it needs to be 15 minutes from your house so that you will go there. Then we look at the demand. Once we see the demand, we're not moving into a market that doesn't have anything under six to one. And what that means is that for every six people, there's one bed available. What we're seeing right now in some of our markets, we just uh, developed a property out in Virginia. It was 17 to one for demand. So we're seeing unfathomable demand numbers. So that's what we're looking at when we're going into a market. Right now, um, we both, again, develop and build If we can buy it for cheaper than it is to build it, which has been a recent opportunity in senior housing due to the pandemic, we will do that. But when we are building, it's about a three-year cycle, so we're going to be opening up into that demand market of the 75-year-olds. What's the biggest economic challenge you're born's facing right now? So as you're seeing kind of across the country, uh, wages. Wage increases, a lot of people would think cost to build, uh, cost to run a facility. That's not what's happening. If you, we have some communities up in Washington, as you said, where do you build? We won't ever build in Washington again, just due to economic restraints and what we saw and the government shutdowns. But um, what we see is if you drive around, I'm sure you guys all have, we're currently sitting in Austin, Doug and I right now, I passed a sign coming into this hotel that had a Wendy's hiring for $15.50 an hour. That's what we have to compete with. And senior housing, the operator drives revenue. And if you don't have a good operator, you're not going to make it. You need someone who's going to come in, operate, and make everyone happy. And if you have high turnover, that's the biggest challenge senior housing faces. So for us, it's competing with those, those wage increases. And in line, we can increase rents, but it has to be something in line. And so one of the unique things that we're actually starting to do is we're starting a 501c3, which allows employees to invest in it and give them more benefits because we have to do something, you know, even if it's 50 cents more, why would they come into senior housing versus Taco Bell? So we are doing a lot of unique things to keep employees. It's hard to keep employees in these places. Visiting one for four years like I did, it's an incredibly stressful job to deal with people who are losing their memories, have all kinds of needs don't really want to be there. It's, it's difficult. It's complete. It's so difficult. We always say, um, Bob Bourne is our boss, my boss and our co-founder. He says that is it. The people who run these facilities are significantly smarter and more patient than he is. It's, you have to have that care. You have to have the heart and the patience for it. And so that's where the wages don't match up. And we saw a lot of people you know, had to get hero pay during the last years. They were scared to come in if they they were scared to get tested because they need the money, right? These people don't make a ton of money. So that's why we are very operator-driven. Yes, your location matters. Yes, your cost basis matters. Those are the investment merits. But to be a good operator and have good performance, it's really driven on your staff. And so hiring the right executive director, hiring the right people to keep everyone happy is mo- almost more important. It really is. 
I, I mean, my mother was in Ann Arbor, like I said. I lived in Boise, and they were on the phone with me every week giving me updates. It was just wonderful. And especially with technology. So I would say technology is the biggest driver in our industry. Um, we're probably a little bit behind uh, compared to some other industries, but having that technology in seniors housing where they can video in and call you and they are updates and they are able to monitor the health, we're seeing a huge shift in that. And I think that will not only help staff and patients, but it'll help family members and again, increase visibility into the communities and drive demand. So you're a Florida-based company. Where do you invest and how has that changed or evolved? So we invest all over the country. Um, everyone thinks Florida. I know we have more people moving there every day from New York, New Jersey, Michigan. <laughs> we see a lot of people moving down there. But when we invest, we're, again, looking at markets that have undersupply and that it's cheaper to either build or buy in. We have a couple. We're going to be in a submarket. We're never going to be in downtown Atlanta. We would be 45 minutes outside of it and more in the suburb area. But what we like are states that are not overbuilt. California is pretty overbuilt. Texas, there's a lot of overbuilding there. So you have to be very specific about what markets you go into. We're trying to get, stay away from markets with high labor costs. As I mentioned, we have some communities up in Washington. Uh, we would never go in there again. Their state restrictions were insane. I think the pandemic has showed us you have to see how a government handles something and how state governments handle. And I think across the country, we have seen how different states handle things. And that has been a huge shift as far as what they're going to allow you to do, what they're not. With senior housing specifically, as it relates to the pandemic, we had some states who said, you can't move anyone in for 28 days if somebody comes into contact with somebody who tests positive. That, that's you're dead in the water. So those states we will not move back in or go back into. I think what you'll continue to see is a huge shift of people moving to the Sun Belt. We like the Sun Belt. We like the Mid-Atlantic. We like certain parts of the Southeast. Florida has a good model, but you just have to be careful where in Florida. Mm -hmm. Jade, this has been super interesting. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. You can learn more about Born Financial Group at Born fg.com b-o-u-r-n-e-f-g.com please follow us for all the latest updates on twitter linkedin and facebook all at advisorpedia for everybody at advisorpedia our producer jakey beard and the power your advice podcast team this is doug heikinen <laughs>